Sicker than your average. What's up, everyone? I'm Justin Short, your host for today. And I have to say, I am even more fired up than normal to be with you right now and share what we're going to cover today. This episode may be a few minutes longer, but I'm asking that you stick with me. And if you don't like it, cool. You don't need to ever listen to me again. I'm okay with that. And, but first, if you're not familiar with TLP, we help docs grow their practice and lives. We believe in building your practice to fit around the life you really want. We believe in maximizing profit in your practice and then taking that profit to create more profit and creating the ability for you to live life on your own terms. We believe in putting in the work that others won't so you can live the way others can't. And we also have an online course and we do one-on-one coaching. So if you're interested, hit us up. On with the episode. So a month or so ago, I got an email from a listener. And this is what it said. Justin, at some point, would you do a podcast that updates everyone on what your life looks like on the other side of dentistry? I think one of your most motivating podcasts was when you talked about all your plans following retirement from dentistry. I know you don't like to brag in your current life st- about your current lifestyle, where you are and what you're able to do, but I think it's motivating for the rest of us. It provides a worthy goal to aim for, or at least allows some of us to think bigger. And that was the end of the email. And honestly, my first knee-jerk reaction was, no, I don't want to do that. Not because it's a secret or something that I'm ashamed of. I just don't want to be douchey. Then I thought about it and decided if our goal on this podcast is to help and push doctors, dentists, and if I myself have been pushed and inspired by others' story, then maybe I should try to do the same, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable. And it just so happened that I felt that my story does lend some context to what I needed to cover with you today. And I emphasize the word need because that's how strongly I feel about what's going to be said today. First, I think part of the reason I'm hesitant to share my story is, to me, it's just life. I've never pushed the way I do or lived the life I live for a pat on the back from anyone else. I'm very grateful, and I pinch myself daily for the life I get to live, but I'm not really a look-at-me kind of person. I wasn't brought up that way. When others do it, it's a major turnoff for me. Like I said, for me, it's just life. It's just who I am. I can't say that I was born with the worth ethic or motivation or the burn down deep inside me that I live with every day now, but it's been cultivated and forged long enough to this point, it's now just part of my DNA. Some of you will hear what I'm going to share today and think that my life sounds horrible. And that's okay. The point isn't for you to think that I'm anything special. The point is for you to decide what you want your life to look like and then go get it. If you walk away from this podcast today thinking, Justin, you're Jack A, how you choose to live your life sounds excruciating 
but I am more motivated and determined to go grab hold of the life I want to live, then for me, that's a win. That's all I want from this. My battle has always been me versus me, and it's going to stay that way. I do my best to not flex in person or social media. In fact, the day I stop coaching, not saying that's anytime soon, but when I do, I will be off all social media. Not because I'm some weird recluse, but really for what? Those I need to follow, I keep up with. And my joy or self-worth does not come from getting validation from others approving or disapproving of the life I've built. So going back after some thought, I replied to that email I read earlier. Thanks for the suggestion, Reed. I'll try to do that in the next month or so. You're right, though. I have to do some major prefacing. The humble brags and flexing done by so many on social platforms makes me sick to my stomach. I'd always rather be the guy kicking butt in secret than doing it for the accolades of others or, God forbid, faking it. I get what you're saying, though. And I've been inspired in the past and still pushed today by those that share their story tastefully. So I appreciate the push. So I'm going to go through things a little bit. And if you want to know more, you're always welcome to reach out. Again, I don't want you to focus on the what I do. Because you may have completely different passions, desires, visions. But I want you to see that the fact of the matter is that it's my choice what I do. Then once I share a little bit, we're going to apply it to your life. To me, that is what really matters. I'm where I want to be right now, but I'm not done. I know I'm going to keep pushing. My question for you, though, is are you? And if not, why not? So let's so start it off. First off, life is good. I, mean, I feel like for the most part, I own my time, which was always my goal. My family is healthy and happy. My daughters are 13 and 12. My son is nine. And my wife is hot. Better not put her age. Do we have the same challenges any family has at times? Of course we do. We get busy. We have arguments. We deal with time on phones with my girls and video games with my son. And we're constantly evaluating and refining how do we sow hearts of gratefulness in our children and teach them to not take our life for granted or life in general for granted? We try to teach them that ultimately we've been blessed, we've had luck at times, and there is a lot of hard work that has gone into being able to do the things we get to do. Does financial independence make anyone free of challenges? No, it doesn't. Maybe it lessens them in some respects but we're still going through real life like every one of you. A normal day for me, I wake up around 5 a.m., no alarm clock needed. I have my workout clothes already laid out because I'm weak. I don't want to give myself any excuse to not do what I've committed to. On normal days, when we're at home, I do usually two workouts throughout the day. First one in the morning consists usually of a four-mile ruck with a 40-pound vest, this morning, it happened to be a six-mile ruck, most likely so I could flex on this podcast. And the other workout, usually in the afternoon, is with weights. After the morning workout, I do my coaching calls. I'll respond to emails. Once TLP stuff is done, I look over the areas where I invest in real estate, as I've done every day for the past 15 years. And 
unless I have calls later in the day. I'm usually done by 12 or 1 with things I have to complete. Sometimes I'll respond to emails for a short time after my afternoon workout, and then the day is mine. If I have something I need to or want to get done earlier in the day, I just revolve work stuff around that. Lately, I've also really enjoyed working with some docs getting building their real estate portfolios, which I think I've got to help docs purchase 40 to 50 properties since that podcast episode 118 came out in February, and then we released it in April. If you haven't heard that one, I suggest you check it out, episode 118. When I say the day is mine, that doesn't mean I'm sitting around laying by the pool or watching TV. I'm still being productive 95% of the time in some form or fashion. And that may be in the form of working on myself in some way, maybe spending intentional time with my kids, maybe working at the farm. I don't let myself sit still. I don't want to sit still. We have a beautiful pool and hot tub right outside our back door. That pool is for my wife and kids. I don't lay around that pool. I could. My time is mine. And sometimes I've thought that's what I want to do. But I've tried it and turns out I don't. Being on top is addicting. And once you have it, you don't want to lose it. If you think I'm going to let someone else, my competition, outwork me while I'm laying around the pool, you're nuts. As far as a yearly outlook on life, right after New Year's Day, we head down to our home on Anna Maria Island, which is between Tampa and Sarasota. We're down there as a family until the beginning of March. We have friends, family, whatever, come down and visit throughout that time. The last week of that trip, my family flies home, and I have seven buddies that fly down for a week before I head back. That's kind of been our routine for the past several years. I head home mid-March when it's starting to uh, thaw out in St. Louis. And at the beginning of April, we've been doing a week in Mexico. I still work out in Mexico. I still respond to emails from clients. I still watch the areas I invest in real estate in Mexico. But I do it all in the morning. Then I turn it off. Often by the time my family wakes up and then I'm present with them. In May, I always go to Wyoming to chase turkeys in the mountains for a week, camping. In July this year, we're doing a beach vacation. We're going to Gulf Shores with friends and their families, and that's kind of been a trip we've done for like 20 years or so. In the late summer, early fall, we always do a longer what we call our explorer trip as a family. This year, we're going to Alaska. And then once we get back from that, the fall begins hunting season. And that's kind of my thing. In September, I'm headed to Montana to do uh, an elk hunt with a couple buddies. Early October, I head to New Mexico with my dad to hunt elk. And the rest of the fall and early winter, I'm hunting four or five days a week on our 430 acres in northern Missouri. Still sticking to my workout, still sticking to my call schedules, still doing the emails, watching my real estate investment areas. If I have to get up earlier, so be it. But I'm still going to get my work done. But it's efficient, and I work it around the life I'm going to live. By that time, it's the holidays and the turn of the calendar year, and it starts all over again. And I have no complaints. It took a hell of a lot of work to get to this point. But I can now say, without it being theoretical, that the hard work 
which I still work very hard, but efficiently, and when I want to, that it pays off. It's worth all the extra work that has gone into it in my life from the ages of 26 to 40. Like I said, for some, my calendar wouldn't sound appealing. That's all right. That's my standard to live life on my own terms and the way I want to live it. Thankfully, you don't have to live to Justin's standards. You have to set and live to your own standard. But I know some of you aren't. And I'm going to tell you why. Right here now. A lot of you aren't living the life you want to live or you aren't on the path to get you to the life you want to live. Not because of your team, not because of your patients, not because of your PPO fees, not because of COVID. The reason you aren't at the level you want to be at is because of you. You know what you want, but you don't want to put in the work it takes to make it a reality. You want to put in the same amount of work that has gotten you to whatever level you're at now that you're comfortable with and hope it gets you to the next level. And that isn't going to happen. You're wasting your time. But how can you not, how can I not live to my standard? I've got kids. I've got a wife. I've got a creator. I feel as though I have no choice but to live to the standards I've set for myself. How can I not give 100% when it's 100% my choice how I live every single day? How can I not stick to the standard when I've got three sets of eyes watching their dad every day? No one tells me how much effort to put in. I, just like you do, get to make that decision every single day. My team, patients, COVID, politics, gas prices, I'm still the only one who chooses how much effort I put in. That's my choice. How long do you think you'll be on this earth? Honestly, how long do you think you're going to live? For some of you in your 20s, maybe even 30s, it feels like forever doesn't. But I can tell you with absolute certainty, and I don't say that about much, but I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be on this earth forever. I'm 43 right now. I remember my dad's 40th birthday when I was like 18, like it was yesterday. I remember thinking, that's a long way off for me. My dad's old. He's 40. Now I'm past that number. My dad's my best friend. He'll be 66 this year. We don't last forever. Regardless of your age, what you do today, the effort you put in today is going to determine how you get to live in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. You probably did well in high school. You probably even did well in college and you finished dental school, most likely, if you're listening to this. You may even have your own practice now. Those are good things. You're good. But being good doesn't make you great. Those things just get you on the field. Those are just a starting place with everyone else. Now you have to put in the work to rack up the wins because you don't get paid for trying. You don't get to live life on your terms because you have a vision board or you wrote down your goals. If those things help motivate you, awesome. But you've got to execute and you've got to win. As a coach myself, it's very evident. No one cares what you're going to do only what you actually do or have done. I couldn't have started coaching at 26 and said, follow me guys, because over the next 10, 20 years, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. No one freaking cares until you actually 
do something and you win. Those things I just mentioned, they're gone. You've got to execute on what you want to accomplish now. I'd bet everyone listening to this right now has done those things. There's no separation. There's thousands of other people that do those same things each year. You've got to get up and hustle and be willing to do what you don't want to do because those thousands of people I just mentioned probably want the same things you want. And if you let them outwork you, they're going to get them and you're not. And I'm going to be even more honest with you because my belief is the best of the best want the truth. So I'm going to give it to you. And this is where most people fall off. Doing the hard things, the things you don't want to do, which is where you actually start to pull ahead. They don't get to be done once. And then you start seeing results. Doing something once isn't hard. You've got to do them over and over and over again. And then maybe you start to see some change. We all know January is like the busiest month for gyms, right? Everyone sets their New Year's resolution. This is the year I'm going to get healthy. Hallelujah. And they get up before work and they go to the gym and they come home and think they're a badass. And they do that for a couple of weeks. And even though they are moving in the right direction, they're getting healthier. They don't see results yet. They look in the mirror and they look the same for the most part and decide this is no use. I gave it all I had for two weeks. I worked hard for two weeks, maybe even a month, but I look the same. So this isn't working. I'm done. And those are the ones I'd say who are above average. Average isn't even going to pretend and go to the gym at all. These are the people who have some motivation. But the cold hard truth is that doing the hard thing isn't going to the gym for two weeks or a month. It's sticking with it and doing it when you want to say it's not working. And I see doctor after doctor do the same thing. But the gym is their practice. They work themselves up to do the hard thing of having a meeting to train their team and put some accountability in place or start diagnosing the way they should. And they stop and they look around and wonder why things aren't completely different. Where's my rewards? I did a hard thing. They don't realize the hard thing is actually still a ways off. It's doing it over and over when you're not seeing the results right away. Like I said, anyone can do hard stuff for a day, a week, maybe even a month. But you've got to embrace the hard things. You've got to execute on the hard things you don't like until you crave that hardness. And if you do, the wins will come. But you have to keep going when no one but you knows you're doing them. When no one cares that you're doing them. When no one is congratulating you. When no one is encouraging you to keep going. It's got to come from within you. First time I put on that 40-pound weight vest to do my four miles in the morning, I hated it. And I'll hate it when I move up to 60 pounds. My shoulders hurt before I even got off my own street. That first week, every time I was about two miles out, my inner bee wanted to call my wife and have her come pick me up. And I repeated to myself, literally, standard over feelings, standard over feelings, embrace hard things. Now, I crave it. I don't go out on that four-mile loop unless I have on my vest. I brought it with me to the Ritz. I'm at the Ritz in St. Louis right now for a couple days as my Father's Day gift. And I carried that thing right through check-in. I don't care what other people think because their standard isn't my standard. 
my standard isn't looking cool at check-in. My standard isn't telling everyone on social media what I do. For what? For someone's affirmation I've never even met in person? Your weird looks aren't going to make me change. My battle is against me. I'm carrying this thing for me. And I talk to you all. And I'll ask, what sets you apart? And here's what I hear. I hear, we have good customer service. We have good relationships. I do good work. But good will not make you great. Spoil alert. Putting forth good effort does not lead to great results. Studies show that in weightlifting, 80% of your muscle growth is created in the 20% of your reps when you're nearest to failure. When you feel like you can't go anymore, that's when the growth happens. That's the same thing in life. When you feel like you can't do anymore, but you push on because good isn't your standard, you want to be great, that's what sets you apart. And that 20% is where your life starts to expand. That's where you show what you're made of. And I know some of you are going to listen to this and get fired up and have big plans on waking up tomorrow and being great. I know this because I've been there. I know this because it's happened to every successful person you look up to that has gone before you. You're going to wake up with great intentions and you're going to get to the office and you're going to get punched in the face. Your big case cancels, your lead assistant or hygienist calls in sick, or your basement floods at your farmhouse last week. Or maybe, God forbid, you you lose a loved one and you're going to miss it. You're 100% going to miss it fly right in your face. You're going to miss the opportunity because that is your chance. That is how you become hard. That's how you get stronger. Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. How many times have you left a seminar or heard a podcast or read a book and you were pumped up? You left with great intentions and then you got punched in the mouth. And instead of seeing that punch as the 20% where you set yourself apart, that becomes your excuse. That becomes where you tell yourself you are getting ready to change the world. You are going to hold the standard and be an example for those around you that depend on you, but then you got punched. I'd be just like those other people whose success I look up to, but I got punched. But what you don't see is that those people got punched too, and they kept moving forward. Then they got punched again, and they kept moving forward. With each punch, more people dropped out around them. My parents got divorced when I was six months old. I grew up in what's considered the ghetto in my town, literally. If you're from my town and you ask, like, what's the worst part of this little town? They'd say this part, and that's where I grew up. I flunked boards. I was out in the first 15 minutes of the first day. It's still embarrassing for me to say. I was days away from doing a startup and signing a 10-year lease before the doc I associated for called me up and threatened to sue my pants off if I opened up nine miles away inside of our 10-mile non-compete, even though I had only worked there for three months. My second practice I purchased did almost 50% of the revenue from the previous year after I purchased it. I caught my front desk stealing a year after I sold my first practice and moved to my second in order to save it. Punch in the mouth. Punch in the mouth, punch in the mouth, BFD. I had a standard. 
and I could have got punched in the face a hundred more times and probably did, but it didn't matter. I had a plan and I was going to execute on that plan come hell or high water because whether I executed it or not was a hundred percent up to me. My effort, my dedication, my fortitude, all up to me. No one else can make me stop unless I let them. And we like to think that successful people didn't have the challenges we have. They're different. They have a leg up we don't have. That's BS. Ask any successful person, did they do it without any failures, without days where they wanted to give up, etc.? It will always be your hardest, darkest moments that will determine your future, not the good times. Your DNA, the literal building blocks of who you are, who I am, are 99.9% identical to every other person on this planet. Yet somehow we get in our mind that the most successful people are different than us. They can do something we can't, and that's a lie. Let me break it down. Some of you may have noticed the theme here. I have barely mentioned money in this episode. What have I talked about? I've talked about working on yourself, and I've talked about time, owning your time, putting in time now so that you can own your time 5, 10, 15 years down the road. Why is that? Because two reasons. First, my life in all areas improved, grew, changed, whatever you want to call it, when I figured out that if I worked on me, if I did battle with me, if I held myself to the standard I set for me, if I embraced hard things and getting punched in the face, the money followed. When the money followed, what was I able to buy? Time. They print more money every day. They're not making any more time. How would it change people's work habits if they could buy more time? Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, they'd probably live to be a 1,000. How many of you lost a loved one unexpectedly? And I bet you'd write a big fat check if you could to have one more week, one more day, one more hour with that person. But we can't do that. We're going to be on this earth a finite amount of time. And when you work on yourself, like really get to work on the hard stuff everyone else is avoiding, and then you put that to work in your business, the profit comes and you begin to own your time. The sooner you do that, the more time you're going to own. The longer you wait, the less time you have. It's no secret. I like investing in real estate. When I go buy a property that gives me cash flow, what am I really buying? I'm not buying a property. I could care less about that property. I'm buying time. I haven't been in most of the properties I own. I want the time. And I've talked before on the podcast about when we moved houses this last time in St. Louis. When I was cleaning out my office, I came across notebooks where I had written out practice conversations with patients. It's like three notebooks, totally filled. Patient presents with this. How do I present the treatment? Get it down. Refine it. Memorize it. Patient gives this rebuttal. What do I say? Get it down. Refine it. Memorize it. I wanted to perfect my craft. I was choosing my effort. No one held a gun in my head and told me I couldn't do that. So why wouldn't I do that? But no one else does that. But that's good because I don't want no one else's life. I'm not saying I was the best, but I wanted to be the best. Why? So I could reap those rewards and buy time. The harder I worked, 
the more I did that nobody else was willing to do or no one else knew to do, the more I was willing to take a punch and keep hammering, the more I improved, the more my business improved. The more my business improved, the more money I made. The more money I made, the more I could invest in things that would buy me time later on down the road, which has become right now. Not when I'm 60 or 70 years old, right now, while my kids are young, while I'm healthy, while I feel like walking up mountains, literally and figuratively. You're not going to make millions, multi-millions, billions, if you can't take a punch and keep on going. So where do you start? Start small and get some wins under your belt. Don't focus on three months or a year from now. Focus on winning tomorrow. Focus on the next five minutes if you have to. Tell yourself, if I get punched in the next five minutes, I'm going to keep going. Then do it again. Then do it again. And if you're not willing to do that, don't waste your time. Don't even get started. And why is that? Two reasons. Because if you can own the seconds, the minutes, the hours of your life, the days, the months, and the years are going to take care of themselves. Let me repeat that. If you can control or win the battle of you versus you over the seconds, minutes, and hours, your days, months, and years, they're going to take care of themselves. Next, because small wins build your confidence. We all want to be confident, right? Confidence in our beliefs that we'll be successful, confident we can be a good spouse or a good parent, whatever it is. Where does that confidence come from? It comes from winning. From having the belief in yourself that you will execute and you will win. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but in the end, you will win. And I've talked before about how I started with a daily goal in the office around probably 2007-ish at $3,000 a day. $3,000 a day. And I started winning those days. And I got a little confidence. I moved it up to 5000 I got a few more wins. I moved it up to 7500 on and on until it was at 13000 a day adjusted with five ops on PPO fees six to seven years ago. Was every day a win? No, it wasn't. Not even close. Most days, it was a dogfight. But I never lost because I never quit. Had I started in 2007 with a 13000 daily goal, I would have fallen flat on my face. Not because I didn't know how to do crowns and fillings, but I wasn't the person capable of managing $13,000 days. I needed to change. I had to work on me. So I sought out others that pushed me and helped me see where I needed to grow. Then I put in the work. I got a text a few days ago from a young doctor who's doing some real estate investing, like I discussed in episode 118. And it was two images. One was of his contract with the purchase price. And the other was from Zillow, showing this estimate. The one of the purchase price showed on his contract, 137500 Next to it was a picture of this estimate for 167000 That's a win. His confidence and belief is growing that he can own his time in the future. So why can't tomorrow when you wake up be different than any other day you've ever had in your life? Why can't you start tomorrow? What's stopping you? Figure out what you want from this life, and then don't look back. Figure out what your standard is going to be, write it down, plan it out, stick to it. And when you get up tomorrow, 
ready to take on the world because you've said enough is enough. I'm done letting others dictate my life. I'm tired of my bad habits steering my ship. I'm done going wherever my feelings take me. I'm going to stick to my standard and never look back. How about you tomorrow when you get up with the best intentions and your tiredness punches you in the face? When you get to work and life punches you in the face and you finally say enough is enough and you start punching back like your life depends on it because whether you realize it or not, it does. And I'm going to leave you with a promise today. And that promise is that all the pain, all the hard work, all the frustration, all the dogfights, all the late nights and early mornings when no one is there cheering you on and it's just you versus you. All the times you get knocked down and you get back up, it will pay off if you keep at it. And you will have the life you want. Become the person that deserves that life. If you ever would like to discuss working together on how to get that life, how we can help you on your journey of becoming that person, you can reach us at Justin, Derek, or Steve at thelifestylepractice.com. If you're interested in learning more about the turnkey real estate stuff I discussed a few times, again, it's on episode 118. If you have more questions, you can email me. Now it's time to get after it. Now it's time to show us both what you're made of. Let's go get you some. Peace. Good than your average.